Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your Uncle Silk. And your boy, 35. And this is Dan. No special intro today, boys. Dan, that was was boring. That was 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 awful, Dan. That was awful, I know. I I was going to honor my friends. I was down in South Florida this weekend. I was going to introduce with a nice sock passe, but uh, skip it this time. Who knows? May come back in the future. Okay, Dan. Okay. I yeah. see you, Dan. You, not Florida, you ain't holler at me, bro? I know, wow. dude. I was, only, I was only down there for a little while. My uh, my brother was, uh, him and his wife are about to have their, their second son. I uh, was hoping to get down there, uh, but he's he's still waiting. Uh, so I think they're going to uh, they're gonna have him tomorrow. So got down there, got to hang out with some family for, I don't know, the better part of about 40 hours, and then I came back. Not a long trip. He's almost born the same day as Unk, bro. I know. Hey, you know, we leave that spe- we leave that special day for you. Hey, man. <laughs> Speaking of which, man, hey, boy, you Hollywood on your birthday, but hey, you know, it's all love though. You know? Ain't no Hollywood, man. Hey, man, I was just enjoying the festivities. Ain't that wrong? Wrong with it. A lot of birthday love out there, though. I appreciate all the love, but my man, man, my hit me up out the blue, bro. I wasn't ready for it. It was a FaceTime. Just start coming. I'm like, yo, I froze yeah, for a second and hit the climb. No, like, oh shit, let me. Let me let me hit him back real quick. Yeah, I just want I just want to hit my dog up on his birthday, man. No, no homo. So you know. Yeah, that's what I almost said. Come, but it's all good, man. What's your what's what's the correct Facetime etiquette? I mean, my pot, you know, my partner said, you know, they call me whenever they want, you know, on some cool shit, you know. But you know, you know, before I'm saying, do you get a, you get you get a courtesy text like, yo, you with the old lady? Like, what, what nah, does this work? Nah, because that's <laughs> right. They pretty much, they pretty much know, you know. That's right. You know, you got to throw the sign, but you know. Ahmad's about to be married. You don't need to, you don't need yeah, to give him a heads up in the future, you know. By the way, we're talking about etiquette. I'm not saying. I'm speaking about his life personally. I mean, you know, I feel, I feel like you know, it's appropriate to, to send, a, send a, uh, be on the lookout for Facetime. Text. Yeah, courtesy text. Yeah, I mean, I said, I, it's my birthday, so, you know what I'm saying, yeah. I was just I was just a little, you know what I'm saying, under the influence, and like, yo, what the hell, I got a FaceTime, but not thinking that it was my birthday, everybody calling and FaceTiming today, bro. Yeah, you know. FaceTime for me, Ahmad, on my birthday. Yeah, are you going to answer, Dan, because I know you're not Hollywood, so. I know you probably won't have too many people FaceTiming and calling you, like, like Silk, man, you know. Yeah, I right, called yeah, you yeah, back, bro, be, where you might be the only one. I appreciate it, cool. I got you, Dan, man. I'm just a fan of you, bro. Hey, whatever. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it, though, man. This weekend, I had my cousin come in town. Uh, he listened to the podcast sometime. Shout out to my cousin, Jamario. Um, yeah, but we got a, a few arguments this weekend. Uh, my girl, you know, got tired of us arguing, and his girl got tired of us arguing. And <laughs> man, man, a Miami fan, man. A hurricane fan. Oh. I got tired of hearing that bullshit, like. We couldn't even we couldn't even enjoy breakfast because he wanted to bring that shit up. Like he'll say some shit like, you know, hey cuz, um, you know, so how was your day today? And I'd be like, well, my my day was great, cuz, you know. And he'll say some shit like, yeah, man, I'll D line better than y'all. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> like, that shit don't even got nothing to do with nothing. Yeah, yeah, he's tired, you know bro. You can't take him out to eat no more, bro. Yeah, but he be saying shit like that, like out the blue. So you know, this whole weekend he kept trying to say shit, and you know, I had to hear about you know DJ Dallas and what he gonna do and. I don't know. Who are these people, bro? They, they be, they're, they're reaching, man. I saw today on the timeline, <laughs> they uh, they showed a video of Martez Sweat going against Martez Ivy 
in the Mississippi State Florida game for this last year, and they're like, "Man, look at the weak side of uh, of Florida's left side." I'm like, "That's a guy that you don't have on your team, with a guy that's no longer on our team." I'm not great, sure how we're great the two. There's great film breakdown. That's <laughs> it, hey, bro. I've been. I hope he's on staff, wasting that type of energy I, in all the time. I've been loving these guys. Uh, breaking down film. It's the funniest shit I ever heard. Like, I mean, they just, all- they're just throwing around terms, I'm You know that's that. that. Shit, Wee football, man. Pee-wee, my my Pee Wee coach uh, had better terms than, than that shit. Like, that's awful. They're reaching. They're reaching. But we they may got, have a glare situation there, though, fellas. Ooh, we do. And they got uh, they got real mad. Um, so oftentimes when I have a uh, a, a tweet that I know is going to get a lot of attention, I'll I'll just mute it. And uh, just because I don't have the time for it to blow up my phone. So I posted that one of that guy standing in that crowd, like walking around and like everybody <laughs> leaving. Yeah. Um, so like today I looked at the mentions of all the Miami fans and I, I there is maybe a collective IQ of about 40 amongst about the 50 Miami fans that found that that uh, that gift. They were they were real mad, real mad online, spent their Sunday nights debating amongst themselves. Not a single comment for me. I was sitting back with my wife watching The Lion King. Um, you know. Oh, I was The Lion King. Hey, dude, it was good. It was good. It, it uh, it's the exact same story. They changed a couple things, but it's the uh, the exact same story. It's it's okay. my favorite Disney. It's probably a top five movie uh, in my life. Uh, I love it. It's it, it's sad, man. It's sad to see a, a lion that looks like a you know real life lion of Mufasa die that uh, you know shed a real uh, tear uh, for me. Uh, I think it's because it brings <laughs> I, a different. I was about to ask you, did you cry, Dan? God. Yeah, man. no. So I did. I never cried ever in The Lion King. I've probably seen it like fifty times until you see it uh and i don't know i think it's because you spend some time with your family and you're getting a little bit older and you start to evaluate and i know i'm getting real deep you start right. to evaluate but, family but relationships and everything so right. yeah man so so a couple of uh a couple of tears you know hey you know you gotta be a man you gotta be a man to admit it you know no you gotta be a man and not cry at lion king my brother no, I, no, it's, it's, you're not crying at Lion King. You're crying. You're, you're shedding some tears. I, I wasn't bawling. Yeah. Uh, wasn't sniffling. Just you know, a couple tears or two. You start to think about the deeper things. But then um, I always love it because I think I do a pretty good James Earl Jones impression of uh, when when Mufasa is talking to Simba, and then my wife like constantly hit me because there's that one scene when they're like looking up at the stars, and he's like, Simba, you deliberately disobeyed me. And, uh, <laughs> this guy, bro. <laughs> and what's worse is you could have been killed. Um, uh, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. You guys should all see it. Okay, I got. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out this week. Definitely. I'm probably gonna Saturday. Check it out. Definitely gotta. Yeah. Uh, what's it, up, man? It, it kind of showed my age a little bit the other day. You know, me and my girl was talking, and and, and we said something to our daughter. Um, she's seven, and she and we said, you know, Simba, and she goes, well, who's Simba? And I'm yeah, like, yeah, bro. Like, what? And yeah, my kids think Lion King's lame, bro. They're like, yeah, man, that movie sucks. Like, yeah, they'll damn. they'll like this. They'll like this new one. Uh, it was weird because like the movie was like 75 percent, you know, people my age or a little bit younger, a little bit older than me. So uh, it's real nostalgic. But they did an awesome job. But like I said, it's the exact same movie. So uh, don't yeah. go in expecting a different story or expecting any different music or really anything else. But it's uh, it's really well done. Give it a eight. Okay, I'm gonna check that out this way. Yeah, we got Friday Night Lights coming up this Friday, fellas. We're pulling up. We're pulling up. I think all three of us will be there, huh? I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. Oh yeah, boy, I'm pulling up live in the flesh. 
Were you going to be at practice night. beforehand? What time is practice? It's I think it's morning. in the morning. I think it's in the morning. Yeah. No, I'm not going to be able to make the practice then. I'm going to miss that. Uh, is it, is it over roll. practice? Uh, I don't think so, but... <laughs> You know, Selkie's you know, got the connections. You can get hey, anywhere. hey, 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 hey. I was about to, say, I'm about to tell them what's up. Let's see what they say. Let me, how you going to say, I'm about to use your name? <laughs> I'm sorry to get these connections, bro. You got to know how the name drop. I'm about to go ahead. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, well, Friday Night Live should be, uh, should be lit. There's a lot of folks there. Um, a lot of commits. I think most of the commits are going to be there. Uh, but it's a good list that's, uh, that's, that's going to be popping off. Yeah, uh... Are we expecting any commits, do you think? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think, you know, Carlos Del Rio is maybe a guy. I know Florida's real high on him at QB. Uh, I'm sure there's there's always one or two, uh, especially from that, that next class. I don't know if any guys from this next 2020 class are going to be there. Um yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really see it. I mean, you might get a surprise, you know, maybe something to, you know, to, to step up, um, you know, the recruitment of one of these guys where this just might put it over the top, like a Marcus Doomerville or something like that. But, but I don't see any commitments from the, this 2020 class. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'm hearing that Willitson kid in the 21 class. I haven't heard okay. anything about um, the 20 class or uh, anybody that may pop. I don't have anybody on the radar right now. Uh, do you have a list in front of you at all? Yeah, I do. Uh, so further commits, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Andrew Spivak, Gator Country, who got me this list. Uh, so we have Andrew Richardson, uh, the QB commit, uh, Jaquavion Frazier's, Jaquavion Frazier, sorry, Leonard Manuel, Jonathan Odom, Richie Leonard, Gerald Mincy, Gervin Dexter, Derek Wingo, Jahari Rogers, Avery Helm, Rashad Torrance, Travez Johnson, uh, and then 20, uh, 21 kid, uh, Tyreek Sapp. So, you know, kind of a who's who list of that 2020 class. So um, I would imagine that they're going to throw uh, Wingo and, and Richardson and, and some of these more vocal guys uh, on some of these targets that they want. And, and some of the 2020 targets are, are Michael Drennan uh, is running back, uh, Mikos Todd, who's a running back. They're saying uh, Jacquez Rogers might be there. Uh, he's an Alabama defensive back commit. Uh, Timothy Smith, uh, who just committed to Alabama, uh, is a maybe, but probably not coming. Uh, Miami linebacker Kim Romello Height says he might come. Uh, former Gator commit Kevon Lee uh, might be there, and then Demarcus, or uh, pardon me, Marcus Dumerville uh, is going to come Friday through Sunday, so he should be there uh, all weekend. So big uh, dog. Yeah, so that's that's good. And then 2021, I'm not going to go through everybody, but uh, Corey, you mentioned him, uh, Kamar uh, Wilkinson. Wilcoxon. I feel like there's like an extra letter in there that shouldn't be there. Uh, so he's going to be there. Uh, Carlos Del Rio will be there. Uh, Brashard Smith uh, and a couple other guys. But it's, it's looking like a really good list of, of, of guys that are going to be there. And from the 21 class, uh, one of the quarterbacks that was on our radar that we had high on the board was Jalen Miro. He ended up uh, committing to Texas yesterday. So he's off the board. So I would look for probably Carlos Del Rio to be one of those guys that probably on commit watch this weekend. He's been on campus a lot, and I know he's ready to pop. So it may, we may get two in the 21 class. We'll see. Yeah, I like Del Rio uh, a lot. I know his last name is Del Rio, but um, he, he looks nothing like Luke Del Rio. What you trying to say, Dan? Hey, his face is not that punchable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we but have camp. Be a- Go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, I was just gonna say it should be a it should be a good list. Uh, I don't expect. I mean, there's always gonna be a surprise or two. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see who works out at Friday Night Lights this year uh, compared to those in the past that have stood around. I know last year there was a lot of guys that were kind of your elite talent uh, that that participated last year. So that'd be awesome to see. You know, those top end guys and, and some of the guys that Florida has committed to see them uh, perform. Um, you know, at Friday Night Lights rather than just staying around like like they were doing under McElwain. Yeah. I'm ready to see them guys, man. Even when Matt, there was, it was a couple times, man, where you see it got competitive. Um, Matt Corral and all them cats was there that one year. Uh, Justin Fields, they all worked out. It was, that was a competitive night in the swamp. But last year was real dope, man, watching Elam and all them boys running around. I'm ready to pull up this year. Yeah, it should be, it should be a good crowd, and uh, I'm excited. That this this is a, a good list of 2020 commits that'll be there you have all of your top targets that you want on campus and you got to keep recruiting them especially in this day and age so the fact yeah. that they're all coming up for uh you know a three-hour stint on a friday night is uh is definitely positive for you it's, it's super cool that they still you know continue to have a uh, friday night lights so i remember this thing you know first got popping um a few years yeah. back and you know the see that it's still going on and it's an annual thing and uh we always have a great turnout with it it's dope that's that's real dope that's yeah, a good tradition, man. Um, Dan, Dan's big on tradition. He, with the, the costume thing they just did, man, I like I like to see the old traditions, bring yeah. them back, keep them in the program, man. Dope. Everybody laughing and joking the plan. I'm telling you, that, that's you know that, that's just a time to, to to get your mind off things, and have a little bit of fun. Um, we we put on different costumes, but at the same time, you see what we do in them costumes. You know, we getting right. Yeah. We just got on something different. You know. Yeah. Wait, keep, keep the young fellas motivated, man. They like to have fun too, dog. Yeah, man. You you put on your best costume. You go in there. You have fun. I mean, who had the best costume? Dude? Who who you have for best costume this man. year? This year? Yeah. Man, uh, shit, I can't even think of one right offhand. I I was just looking at the pictures just earlier today. Uh, yeah. I like Stone. Stone did the um. Let me see. Let me go. The there. Rock. He read the hit The Rock, and he called himself the Stone. Instead of the right, he had the picture side by side. That shit was hilarious, bro. They look just alike. Yeah, man. Ethan, I think Ethan White one is himself. He just he was just there. <laughs> He's just there. <laughs> no, he, I think he was. One of them is Coach Hevesy, bro. One of the linemen did. I think two of them did, but I think one of them did a little bit better. But, but Silk, you, I think it was you that tweeted that one picture where uh, they're having the party at his house and they're doing cannonballs and there was a look of Hevesy in the back on his yeah, chair, yeah. like pointing out about to have an aneurysm. <laughs> Everybody else yeah, savage with the mullet though. Yeah, that shit yeah. is hilarious. They had some fun, man. We we made some new highs. Speaking of uh, savage and, and staff and whatnot, we made some highs this week, Dan. Yeah, we did. It's a uh, three off the field guys. We were talking about it uh, a lot this weekend, and I know Florida hasn't announced them yet, and I think it broke. Uh, a little earlier than Florida wanted to announce, but they they've all it's my understanding that all three of them have uh, started already on uh, on staff um, on Friday. So so f- and they're still working out uh, job titles as far as I understand. But Florida uh, did make three hires. They hired UAB's director of recruiting operations, uh, Chase Clark. Uh, Chase Clark is supposed to be really well thought of in the industry. He spent some time in Alabama before UAB. Uh, he's been around the business for a little while now. I think he's only. 25 or 26 years old Uh, but I think he started kind of like I did uh, when I was an undergrad at UF and then he just it must have been a much better recruiter than I was because he's still doing that Um, and then 
<laughs> and then they hired uh, Billy Homer, who's who's uh, the former director of the play of player personnel for the East West Shrine game. Uh, he was that for eight years, and then he was an assistant uh, with the 49ers. Uh, and then he spent the last like four and a half, five years uh, in the CFL. He was with the Ottawa team, and then he was most recently with Edmonton. Uh, he was their director of U.S. Uh, player scouting and then their director of player personnel. Uh, so I'm curious because he's not been in uh, college football uh, for a long time. I mean, I guess you could say that East West Shrine game uh, was the last time that he was in college football. And that was about 10 years ago. So uh, he might be a, a lot more of a back office guy. And then they hired David Cooper. There's not a lot of news about David Cooper out there. Uh, I know previously he's been a defensive quality control guy uh, with the Citadel and with Texas A&M. So I'm not sure exactly what his, his role is going to be. I know that they're going to announce all three of those roles here soon. I would imagine by Friday uh, their roles will be announced. Yeah, those are the three uh, recruiting guys. We had an analyst as well, um, Greg Fry, right? Yeah, and then we got uh, Greg Fry, who's the offensive line, co- former offensive line coach from uh, Florida State, who was with Michigan State before that. Uh, that was a guy that Florida State fans, for the eight months at, between the time that they hired him and their season started to turn into a train wreck, they're most excited about joining their staff. He's really well thought of in the industry. Uh, Florida. Pardon me. Florida hired him for an offensive, or pardon me, uh, an offensive line uh, quality control coach. So he's going to help uh, Coach Hevesy. He's going to watch a lot of game film and, and ultimately help him uh, game plan and break down uh, video and, and and watching these guys and working with these guys. So uh, he's a guy that's still being played by uh, by FSU. So uh, you can never uh, you can never complain uh, when you have a guy that used to work for FSU now working for you uh, on their dime still. And he's FSU alum. Willie kind of uh, threw him under the bus a little bit with the timing of when he got fired. He couldn't really go get another job. I think this is a one-year thing with mm-hmm. um, with Greg, but that one year he could help us break down film, and, and, and that's a, that's an extra good elite, another good eye in the room, you know what I'm saying, to see what they see on defenses and whatnot. Absolutely. You can never ask for the free. You can't never have too many eyes. So Absolutely, man. And it's free, man. It costs us nothing. So I mean, when you can for the state. When you consider, I mean, there, there's, you look at, at the Alabamas of the world, the Clemsons of the world, the Georgias of the room, they have off the field staffs that are twice the size as, as Florida. So the fact that Florida is getting not only bigger in that room, uh, they're getting some real quality coaches. Cause like I said, I mean, Greg Fry is very well respected in the business. And the fact that you get him, even if it's for only, you know, the next six months, uh, that's a great guy to, to help, you know, these guys and in Florida has a ton of inexperienced linemen that are going to learn a ton from, you know, a guy that's, you know, probably, you know, a, a top, you know, 25, you know, percent offensive line coach in, in college football. So that yeah. definitely doesn't hurt. The thing with the recruiting uh, ads, like people get too caught up in them because I don't know a whole, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a hit or miss with those guys when you hire them. You know what I'm saying? There's no home run high on those guys. You want somebody that's super organized, good person, good personality, you know what I'm saying, and, and whatnot. But you can't, like there's nothing on paper to say, yeah, he's going to be good. You just try to look yeah. for good experience and whatnot, but I like the energy. I like he went young. He got a real young guy to come in and work. Um, that's what we missing, man. You know, and let me let me break uh, it down a little bit more because a lot of people think that these guys that are recruiting operations are just 
recruiting these guys all day. And that's not what it is. A lot of times it's just simply organization of a couple things. One of compliance with the NCAA. Uh, Ahmad, mm-hmm. you've been recruited. Obviously, you know a lot about this as well. So uh, it's right. compliance with the NCAA. A lot of it, you know, to be honest with you, and I'm sure we have some folks that, that work in sales that listen to the pod. A lot of it is like CRM management, right? And you have a database of kids, you know, from mm-hmm. the 2020 class all the way up into, you know, they probably have tape of guys in the 2024, 25 class. So a lot of it is just management of that, get everything in order, making sure that they're doing their proper follow-up. It's reminders to touch base with kids. It's a reminder to follow up with the guidance counselor. It's a reminder to do all this stuff that a lot of people just don't have time, you know, to do. And so the fact that you have you know, you add more people, then you can either break it up into, you know, segments, whether it's by year, whether it's by area, whether it's by coach, whatever it might be, you know, that limits the amount of things that just kind of get swept under the rug or missed. Uh, It also allows you to make sure that you're getting the most accurate notes, you know, of guys. And so you're not, you know, so you know, their girlfriends, you know, their friends, so you can do whatever you can to put yourself at the best advantage. I mean, we've talked about this, you know, it's seven weeks ago when we started the podcast that Florida was missing guys, um, you know, and a lot of it was just organizational. They, they've solved a lot of that, well, hopefully solved a lot of that uh, with these three hires. Yeah, man, a, a lot of, a lot of uh, stuff that people don't know is that when it's time for college, it's a lot of stuff that you have to get done. It's a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, you have to take, take care of outside of football. Um, you know, if you don't have the right people telling you and guiding you in the right direction, it can kind of get confusing. I know when I came out, um, my parents, uh, teamed up with the Pouncey Twins parents and, uh, you know, Paul Wilson. We had, you know, seven guys coming from our high school going to Florida at one time. Um, you know, all our parents kind of worked together. So uh, that's good that they got somebody leading them in the direction that it's supposed to be in. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see those guys. We'll meet those guys probably on Friday. Uh, it's a good staff. It's a good team. Uh, they're going to join the, uh, the the staff that's there of Kiwan Ratliff and those guys. So should be a really good uh, good crew. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Time will tell. Hey, let's grab a drink out the woods too, man. Um, White Buffalo. Well, we're going to move on. We're going to see how those guys do, but we're going to bring on my boy Trevor Sikama from the Draft Network and talk to him a little bit about the Gators' uh, prospects for this year and uh, the guys that just got drafted. So let's roll with Trevor. Let's ride, baby. Yay. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is my boy Trevor Sikama from the Draft Network. Trevor, how are you, bud? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good, man. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Hey, talk to us. You're you're the draft god. You were just telling us if you were to rank all the people that are involved in draft Twitter, you would rank yourself number one. So talk to us about <laughs> Florida's players right now and, and what they have on their team and what they have on their roster. Yeah, no, Florida's uh, Florida's got a lot of really interesting guys going into the season, especially with the draft outlook. And it's funny because I think there were some premier guys last year. I mean, Chauncey Garner-Johnson was the big one who made a lot of headlines, at least in the preseason even, when it came to draft talk. Boshan Joseph was another guy who obviously came on. They had some guys along the D-line as well. But this year, the guys that are going to end up heading the draft class for Florida – um, are a lot of the, the under-the-radar guys, like Michael Pirine. When he was draft eligible last year and nobody talked about him. Uh, Jabari Zuniga as well, another guy who still draft eligible. Nobody really talked about this guy much at all. And so now going into the 2019 season, people, I think, are finally starting to pop on the tape of these guys. And they're like, yo, why weren't we talking about him last year? And it's like, all right, well, 
you should probably listen to the right voices. I've been trying to tell you people about the boys down mm-hmm. in Gainesville. So um, I'll just start with P. Ryan. I'll give P. Ryan, and then I'll give a little bit of Zuniga updates because those are probably my two favorite on both sides of the ball. Um, P. Ryan's fun, man. He is very much a all-around back. I mean, you, you look at this guy, and you know that he's kind of split carries. It's been tough for him to get any kind of like a feature role. He's kind of been trying to find his niche. Obviously, when Mac was there and now when Dan Mullen gets there, what kind of running back he was going to be for that different offensive system. But in what Mullen has been doing, you can tell it's really evolved him as a runner. Because before, P. Ryan was just a guy who wanted to give as much effort as he possibly could. Uh, he was going to be the guy who always fights for extra contact. I mean, there's the clip against LSU that's very famous of him where he literally has a defender on his back and he's still running with him. That is very much Michael P. Ryan in a nutshell. But, man, at the end of last year, we started to see this guy become a true NFL prospect. His vision mm-hmm. was starting to really come together. He started to put that footwork all together as well. He could move in and out of the line of scrimmage very smooth. And then at that point, he's not just a guy who's going to get you extra yards uh, via contact. He's going to get you extra yards because now he's avoiding contacts. He's finding space. He's understanding how blocking concepts work. So, he was a really great uh, watch last year. I'm excited to see him this year. And then Zuniga, man, y'all y'all watch all the Gator games. So you know how this goes. When the light is on for Jabari Zuniga, he is one of the best true 4-3 hand-in-the-dirt defensive ends in the conference. He really is. The big thing with him, he's just got to be better off the snap. When he's not that last guy out of his stance, he can yeah. blow up. He's got, yeah. he's, got, he's got such great power. For a guy his size, and he's got great speed mm-hmm. in it, too. He's even a little bit flexible. He knows how to get north to south, man. He's a true difference maker. I just, I've been watching this guy for so long that I've been wanting him to really be able to get off the snap a lot better than he is. And I'm hoping that that light really goes off here in this last year, because if it does, we're talking about a tear on the edge uh, in game so. so. You know, I think Florida's got a lot of guys that are – we're still waiting to kind of see what they might be. There's a lot of potential talent, but we're we're looking to, to see if they'll really step up. And I think part of that is, you know, at the wide receiver position, I think Florida top to bottom has one of the best wide receiving cores in college football on paper. How do you see a guy like a Van Jefferson, a Trayvon Grimes, a Freddie Swain, a, a Hammond, you know, kind of going down the list? How, do, do any of those guys project for the NFL or, or what – our teams potentially looking to see out of those guys. Yeah, I think they do. And, you know, when it comes to like how talented the group might be, I think that's for everybody to decide, but there's no, there's no debating how deep this group is. There's so many wide receivers who can make a difference on this group and who could have niche roles in the NFL. And I think that's the big thing. When you look at this depth chart, there are so many different types of wide receivers, you know, Hammond and Swain are kind of those, possession slot guys that are always very dependable. You have guys that can really stretch it down the field, uh, like Tyree Cleveland, like Trayvon Grimes. You've got Van Jefferson, who's such a great and precise route runner over the middle, and then Tony is such an X factor, and almost wherever he you, you line him up, he almost plays that Tyree Kill role when we were seeing the Chiefs use and what we've seen NFL teams mm-hmm. try to emulate. He's that kind of player, and so I definitely think there's NFL potential in a lot of these guys. Uh, I think that Van Jefferson probably has the most the most clout to his name right now when it comes to wide receivers going to the draft. I think that if you asked me, I'd tell you that Trayvon Grimes has the highest ceiling of any of the guys to be in the NFL draft. But mm-hmm. because he transferred over, because he was kind of new, obviously, that 
there was a lot to get. Uh, there was a lot of, of, of getting to know with him and the quarterback and the offense and everything like that. And so obviously with the wide receiver position as well, you obviously have to know the quarterback position too. So it's been a while for Franks to kind of get up to the level where, okay, now these guys can start improving, really start to show their NFL stock when they're on the field. Cause that's, for a big portion of it, their their time in Gainesville, unfortunately for them, it's just been very feast or famine. So you're hoping the aerial attack's a little bit more consistent in Gainesville because mm-hmm. I think all of these guys, one way or the other, could have some really good NFL outlook. You know, maybe not first or second round or something, but we're talking about can stick around in the league, can certainly make an all NFL right. team, can make some noise in training camp, all that kind of stuff. So definitely a deep group and an interesting one at that. What does you you just mentioned Franks and that, that brought me to my next question so thank you. Um, what is the what are NFL scouts looking for out of Franks this year? I mean he has the prototypical size. It seems like he has the arm strength. Obviously consistency and confidence have been uh, something that that's been you know lacking or you know certainly been a roller coaster. What are NFL scouts looking for out of him this year? And then do you think that if he has a good to great year, uh, he's projects well for the NFL? I think that well, I'll tell, I'll tell you one thing. NFL circles are sick and tiring, sick and tired of talking about his measurables. Okay, we already know he's big. He has a big arm. We already get that. Everything from Frank is going to be above the shoulders from here on out. Everything about his evaluation is going to be that. They've seen the big time throws. They've seen him stretch the field. They've seen him put zip on passes. Everything from now on is just going to be above the shoulders. It's going to be a lot of decision making stuff. Uh, pre-snap reads is going to be a big one. He's got to be able to identify not just where the ball might go, but even right after the snap, okay, if that guy is covered, knowing exactly where to go after that. Because that's the next step that a lot of quarterbacks sometimes don't get. You have a lot of offenses nowadays that are very tempo-oriented, very fast, very rhythm-based. And you can even get a lot of guys who can sometimes fool NFL teams in this too, They'll look in the pre-snap. They'll be pointing things out. They'll know where to go with the ball early. And NFL teams will look at that and they'll go, wow, he really studied his tape. He really knew what the defense was giving him. He pointed out where the ball should go. But I think that the telling tale for quarterbacks is often when that doesn't work, where are you going with it next? How quickly can you identify that next phase? And I think NFL teams also kind of know that that's really where you get to really judge a quarterback because it tells you how they deal with themselves under pressure. So. That's a big area for Franks, if you ask me. It's got to be recognizing things, decision-making, knowing to take throws, knowing to um, maybe tuck it and live to to fight another day, if you will. That's the big thing with him. Could he come out? Certainly. Obviously, if you have a big year and the NFL really regards you highly, if you get a good grade from the NFL Collegiate um, Advisory Board, you could totally go. And Franks, I mean, if you ask me, he seems like a guy who – has a lot of confidences himself, and if, if he started getting hyped up by NFL heads, then I would think that there's a chance that he goes. Do I think that ultimately comes to fruition? No, not this year. I yeah. do think that he's going to play a little bit more in Gainesville, but that's the path to do it, and that's what the NFL would kind of need to see from him. Interesting, interesting. So I, I switch into the other side of the ball, and I know these guys have, have other questions. Uh, talk to me about C.J. Henderson. Obviously, he is an electric player at defensive back, and you know he really had a, a standout year last year. Uh, how does he project for the NFL? How does a guy like Marco Wilson, who's coming off an injury, potentially project for the NFL? Uh, but how do those two guys? Um, you know, how do you how do you see them potentially going in the uh, the uh, the draft? First of all, 
I've been watching Henderson since he got on campus, right? And when I read that Feldman piece that he was on the freaks list and, like, the numbers uh, that he was putting up with, like, squats and bench, that blew yeah. my mind. How is this kid is a, like, <laughs> a freak? Sure. What in the, some of those numbers were kind of, like, out of control. And that's where – I mean, that's where you see a lot of the athleticism, right? That's where it shows up. That's what's like, you know, scouts who are looking at him right now, NFL teams who have had him on their radar. That's what they already know. They already know the guys that athletic. Now, I will say this. I like, I like Henderson. I do. But when people were projecting in like those way too early mock drafts and everything a couple of months ago, that Henderson was the kind of this unanimous first rounder. I was like, whoa, whoa hold on. I, I, I like what he is, but I still think that he's got a little bit that he's got to work on before he gets there. I think that what people are projecting with him in the first round right now is they're looking at his numbers, they see the interceptions, and they see things like that, and he's benefiting off that. C.J. Henderson has definitely been an opportunist to this point in his Gator career. Not to say that he's not talented, not trying to take that away from him, but when it comes to him filling up to that first-round billing, I still think that he needs a little bit more to go. You know, he's got to be stronger when dealing with press coverage. He's got to be more uh, fluid and consistent when he's dealing with man coverage things. And that's stuff that he will gain with another year of experience. You know, there's a reason why he wasn't draft eligible the year before. It's because he does fortunately have another year to get better in a lot of things. And I think that he was taking steps in that area as he's gotten some early playing time because corners don't always have the opportunity that he's had to get that early playing time. And so there's a lot to like. He has the athleticism profile of a guy who can play on the outside with some of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL, and I think that's what you like. He just needs some more consistency in making sure that he can play a press man role or even a cover three role, do a lot of consistency, because those are the kind of cornerbacks that get drafted in the first round of the NFL. You've got to be able to be a shutdown one way or the other. I think he's going to be tested, you know, quite a bit this year. I mean, last year he was obviously the true number one DB on that team with Marco going out uh, against Kentucky. Uh, so I think that they went against Trey Dean. They obviously went against C.J. McWilliams, uh, you know, quite a bit more. Uh, this year with Marco coming back, and I think, you know, on paper, uh, at least as freshmen when you compare the two, uh, that Marco is probably the, the slightly better defensive back. Uh, you know, but there's definitely going to be pressure on – one or the other, right? Because there's no weak link there, you know, unless they go, you know, to that kind of that slot wide receiver, uh, you know, more often from the, from opposing teams. But I'm curious to see how he does step up when he's not that potentially that true number one quarterback. So I'm curious to see, uh, see how he does. Yeah. Yeah. I know these other guys have questions too. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my first question, Marco Wilson, he's coming off an injury. Um, me, me personally, I think if he has a, a good year, I think he's going just because he's he, he's had two major injuries. What's your uh, opinion on on Marco Wilson? What's his ceiling as far as the draft? Yeah, no, I, I like him a lot. I really do. Obviously, kind of that same man coverage shutdown role and style of play that that Henderson has, right? And and that what I just said before, those are the kinds of guys that go high in the draft. So even if Marco just has like even if it's just like a good year or an okay year as long as he is fully healthy there's going to be a chance that this guy goes because of what you talked about there with the injury history and because his ceiling of play allows him for nfl teams to really get their imagination going of what this guy could be how young he's going to be going into the draft and so unfortunately there's just not a lot of tape on him and 
it's tough to even judge the freshman tape that we have. You know, it, it's so hard to really put NFL stock into, into freshman tape. I thought it was great that he got that early playing time because I do think I'm with you guys. I think he's got a really high ceiling as a man coverage guy, but he's just got to be healthy this year. That's what it all boils down to. He's got to make sure that he's healthy. And, and I think that if he can stay healthy the entire year, which certainly we hope because he's a talented kid, you want to see him make the most out of it. I think there's a pretty good chance that he ends up going. Yeah, I think he and uh, CJ both are going to test really well, like combine-wise. Like, I think they both yeah. track kids, uh, both gym rats. So I think they both test well. It's just going to depend on their seasons. Oh, get, quick question. Why did – we had some guys kind of slid further than they thought they were going to slide. Uh, Chauncey Gardner was one of them. Uh, what was the reason you think Chauncey slid in the draft? There was no nothing concrete on why, but he kind of dropped – a, 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 like a, a big, big amount, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, I love Chauncey, and Chauncey. The thing with Chauncey is, like, y'all know, Chauncey runs his mouth, right? And that's part of playing DB. That's I love that in the DB. If you don't have a DB that's kind of running their mouth, talking with some confidence, talking smack, the day that you, that if you're a defensive back, the day that you stop talking smack is the day you become replaceable, because that is such a big part of playing the position and the, having that the, swagger and that confidence. DBs never, DBs never stop talking shit. They, they go to their grand talking shit. That's called confidence. That's so, what yeah. Amon is still talking. Yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> and he only played in the league for three years. That's it. <laughs> Barely. Goddamn. Barely three that's, years. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, man. If you, if you're a DB, that's got to be a part of who you are. But I know that, you know, some old heads in the NFL, that, you you teeter this line between okay you like the confidence in the guy but you don't want him to be like a liability or reckless or uh, a guy that you don't like in the locker room or whatever it is and so honestly because I asked this question myself because I thought Chauncey really with the NFL going to as much mismatch as it is on the offensive side you know we're seeing these five foot eight little wide receivers playing in the slot owning these these linebackers and then we're seeing you know when you change out a linebacker and you get a defensive back in there well then all of a sudden you, they're putting these tight ends in the slot and all of a sudden the tight ends are going up the seam and defensive backs can't handle their size chauncey for how he was built size and speed profile i thought was was the next way he was one of the next wave of mismatch neutralizers on defense and i don't know why he wasn't prioritized more in the draft that way and the only thing I could come up with, because I started asking as many people as I could, hey, why did Chauncey fall? What was up with this? The only answer that I could find is that NFL teams might not have trusted him. They just might have thought that, hey, this is a guy who has he's a little bit too bullish in his attitude. He might put himself too much before the team. He might not be a guy that we can handle or that we can you know, get him to calm down every now and there. Whatever it is, it just seemed like that attitude for some teams became too much. And if you ask me, that's way overblown. I really think the championship teams have to come with that kind of attitude, that kind of swagger. And you've got to pair it with the right coach to bring it all together. But he, that's not the problem. And so that's the only, that's all I can see because Chauncey really did improve in that last year. He put on some really good tape and a lot better tape than the year before when he was missing a lot of different tackles. He was a lot more reliable. He was better in coverage. He was more vocal. And so, all I can think is that uh, NFL teams kind of didn't trust him, which I thought was crazy. And so, you know, where he went in the draft, I think that's a steal. And some of these guys, um, 
you could kind of see it coming. Uh, like it was, it was kind of iffy towards the end if both Sean Joseph was gonna leave. And now my opinion was always, I thought he was going to leave, but I knew he wasn't ready. I didn't think he should leave, but I knew he was going to leave. Where, where are these guys getting? Because I'll see all these projections come out. Like, there's like 400 people that are like <laughs> second round projections. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, all those guys can't go in the second round. So, like, whose opinion do these guys weigh out? Like, they get a draft grade. And, and like, what's the cap on how many projected first rounds or second rounders? Because, I think some of these kids are, are, like, making bad decisions with leaving early. Yeah, and I actually think that – I think as, as far as I know, the the draft board committee is really good with not giving out a lot of egregious grades. You know what I'm saying? Like, giving out, like, 400 second-round grades is just, like, telling everybody what they want to hear. Unfortunately for a lot of these kids, they got the wrong people in their ear, whether it's their agent who has a bad beat on what their prospect outlook might be, or, you know, thinking that they've got to go to the draft right away, like right now, just because they're healthy or something like that. A lot of these kids get really bad advice and it's tough because, you know, when you run the numbers, even if you're a, even if you're a day three draft pick, you're in an uphill battle to make a roster. And I also think that, there's some players, not saying anybody in specific for the guys that, that you named, but like, for example, I, I learned that, you know, Ronald Jones, he was the the running back from USC. Now he's a running back for the Buccaneers. Um, he, he struggled early on in training camp. Just, you know, it was tough for him to pick up the playbook. You know, there are other factors that were involved, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. He, he was a second round pick for the Bucs. He was a healthy scratch for, I think, the first three weeks of the season. And we had talked to him and he's like, I didn't even know there were healthy scratches in the NFL. Like I, I thought that when, when once I made the team, I just made the team and I was going to suit up on game days. So a lot of these mm. guys just like they don't know. You know, it, for whatever reason, whoever is telling them or teaching them or something, sometimes these kids just don't know. And I think a lot of explain them what explain like, explain to like the, the the person that the the regular fan that may not know what a healthy scratch is. Yeah. So you have. You know, if you'll, you'll hear NFL teams will start their training camp with 90 players. Then throughout training camp, they will have to trim that roster down to a regular season number of 53 players on the roster for the regular season. On game days, only 45 or only 46 of those players suit up. So you have oh, wow. those. Uh, so you have those healthy scratches that are there, and they're just kind of basically like the reserve guys. They're still on the roster, but they're not active on game days. So, you know, it's just, it's just little things like that that some of these players, it's obvious to us who watch or cover the NFL or something like that, but these guys who are actually in it, it's crazy that some of them don't know. And a lot of the education and the advice and the outlook when it comes to college to the NFL, you just think that, there's a lot of things that they overlook. I'll just say that. And I think that the the NFL Draft Advisory Board does a pretty good job of giving them a realistic, because the draft board gives you three answers when you ask as a junior or a draft-eligible player. You either get a first-round grade, a second-round grade, or a go-back-to-school grade. That's it. So, like, even if you are a third or fourth or fifth or whatever, they will tell you, go back to school, because you're risking a lot of potential money or a better – you know, a better chance of being a higher draft pick the next year after that or things like that. So I think they do a pretty good job. I haven't heard of any cases where they were, 
you know, egregiously firing off all of these draft ratings that were really leading kids astray. Honestly, I think that unfortunately it's a lot of people around them uh, that might be giving them some bad advice in that area. Gotcha. Yeah, I just see these random NFL accounts that always got like their top five. I'm like, who are these people? Go ahead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, what would be the surprise position group for the Gators this year? What'd you say? Sorry, you cut out a little bit. What what will be the surprise position group for the Gators this year? Oh, the surprise position group. Oh, I don't know if people I don't know how much people are talking about it. But I seriously love this running back group. I think P Ryan, y'all already know my thoughts on P Ryan. I think Damian Pierce the beast. I know he's just a true sophomore, but I think he's awesome. And obviously if you've been a Gator fan over the last couple of years, you know Malik Davis coming back too. I mean that's a really nice trio of guys to have right there. And if you got three running backs that you could depend on in different situations, I mean, even if P. Ryan's the starter, he's the all-around guy that you go to um, you, whenever you need any kind of situation. You're going to Damian Pearson in uh, late-game situations, maybe on some short yardage stuff. He's got a little bit more power, a little bit more size to him. He can get that done. And then if you want to run some toss sweeps, get some zone to the outside, really stretch the perimeter if the other teams don't have good tackling corners or can't fill the outside gaps beyond the tackles. Give something to Malik Davis, and he can make something to happen with his feet. We know how fast and how agile a guy like him is. And so, man, if, if people aren't talking about this running back group uh, in Gainesville, then uh, then they need to start talking about it. Because I think I it was right around last year when I said, hey, Florida's got four NFL running backs on their roster right now, and that was Scarlett. P. Ryan, Pierce, and Malik Davis. And I think it's only a matter of time before that comes true because I think all these guys are pretty dang good. Yeah, they're pretty explosive. I think, what, you know, it all, it's all going to boil down to the player development uh, on the offensive line and how Coach Hevesy Totally. All starts up front. Yep, there you go. All, definitely starts up front. Hey, Trevor, we got to get a, uh, a season prediction out of you and we got to get a score prediction for you out of the uh, that Miami game. Oh, boy. Um, the Miami game is going to be 37 to 13, Woo! Florida. There it is. Pretty short of 40. I'm going to let it slide. I'll let it slide. All right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll put 37 on them. I'm okay with that. Uh, and then whew, I'm going to say how many games total they play? I don't have well, that right now. So they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose two, I think. Ten and two, I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's concerning, but I like it. I don't mind. I don't mind. That's somewhat professional. I, I got us undefeated until like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> until we lose. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> until we lose. Listen, hey, huh. I, I'm a childish, right. bro. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, we don't answer to anybody. You know? We can just be. We can be radical in our thoughts. You know. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Trevor, thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, tell everybody where they can follow you and find your work. It's good stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm on Twitter all the time, so at Tampa Bay Trey, T-R-E. I'm doing all kinds of stuff for uh, for the NFL draft. And also, if you're a Bucks fan, I'm covering the Bucks this year as a beat reporter as well. So anything you want to know there, just hit me up. I'm pretty friendly. And, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for having me on the show. really enjoyed it anytime. Thanks hey, for coming on, man. And with a couple guys that are losing their hair, at least I'll, I'll speak. I'll speak for myself in this one. Uh, best hair in the game, right? <laughs> Listen, I told you before. You know, top five, and I'm not two through five. So that's right. Hey, <laughs> all right, all right. We like it. We like it. I'm out to steal that one. 
Oh, like hey, Trevor, we appreciate your time. We'll have you back on uh, a little bit closer to uh, the draft time in. But uh, but go Gators, and thanks so much. Thanks, fellas. Talk soon. Right. It's crazy. While he was talking, I looked it up, and 30 players uh, that were underclassmen didn't get drafted. Out of 103 that declared eligibility for the NFL draft, 30 of them didn't get drafted. Yeah, that's rough, man. Um, I mean, some make it, some don't, dog. But that's the that's the hard road, man. I think I don't know what someone be rushing out for. You know, so I don't know these situations at home, bro. But sometimes right. you gotta be patient, man. And I know sometimes it's a school thing and you know grades thing, but man, it's it's tough because you get that one opportunity, and then if it doesn't work out that one time, it's. It's real tough. You know, the gym that I work out, it has a bunch of guys that are kind of teetering on or didn't get drafted that are, you know, busting their butts to try to get in the in the league. It's it's tough because once you're not putting film out there on a weekly basis, you know, you're you're kind of a forgotten commodity. It's tough. It's, well, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's crazy because I, I think I put mine in my junior year. It said uh, I, I was like a fifth-round grade. I think they did do grades back then all the way up like that. Um, and, you know, I was like, you know, I, I decided to stay and had a – Freaking monster year! I had the best year of my career, huh. and still went fifth round. Yeah, you know, so I, I can only imagine what I would what would happen if I would went out. Probably would have went undrafted. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it, it's risky, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know how they because these kids get some wild grades, man. That's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Like, think about first round grades. If you scour the internet after the season, bro, mm-hmm. it's grades. I'm like, okay, I just seen just today like 30 different di- different people. Yeah. With first round grades, bro. Like all these people <laughs> clearly can't go first round, bro. Like this is the first dead off season. Yeah, it's impossible. It's wild, man. And, and I think for a lot of them, they only need to hear it from one guy, right, or or one person that's covering it. And it's like, hey, the NFL draft advisor group didn't say I'm first round, but Mel Kiper did, or Todd McShay did, or Matt Miller did, or some guy in his basement did. Somebody told me I was going first round, so I'm gonna go. And then, yeah, who's the voice of reason? Well, I was kind of asking him, like, yeah. who's who, be, who's bored? Like, like he got he hit it right on the head. It'd be the people in your corner. You know, some people, yeah. you know, living vicariously through these players, and uh, you know they didn't make it, so they they lean on the players to make it, and they they give them bad advice. I mean, it's, you don't know what you don't know. So they, they you know sometimes they think they're telling them right, when in reality, yeah. you know, they're dead wrong because you know they they have no clue what they're even talking about. It's DB talk this week, baby. Who? We get into some safety. We get into some safety shenanigans. Little safety, safety shenanigans. Hey, play it safe, man. Play it safe. All right. Before we get uh, into this depth chart and break it down a little bit, let's get my man Major right on here. Let's hang out, baby. First time on the show, we got Major Wright. Major Wright, man, is is my other half. He, he the hammer and, and, and the hammer and nails uh, combo we got. You know, Major, he famous for that crazy hit he had in Oklahoma, man. I think still to this day he still be, should, should be sent to jail. Uh, Major Wright, man, what's happening? How you doing, man? Thank y'all for having me on y'all show, man. Man, nah, thanks for coming to hang out, man. It's a pleasure. Appreciate it. Ah, man, it ain't no problem. It ain't no problem. Black, you always know, bro. You know, I'm one phone call away. Hey, I love it. I love it. So man, hey, so so talk to us today, man. Tell tell us how like what it meant to be a Gator, man. How how I feel to come out that tunnel, um, you know, and, and you know hear the crowd screaming and, and and you know 
chant for the, t- the team that you play for? You know, explain that to us. Ah, uh, oh man, bro, it meant it meant the world, man. It, it meant the world, man. To be honest, um, it was the best decision of my life that I that I I made. Um, you know, going to University of Florida. Um, I still have debate today. You know, with some of my family members. They think I should have went to the U. Oh, they think I should have went to Ohio State. And I keep trying to tell them, like, what, like, where are y'all getting this from? Like, you know, what are y'all yeah, talking about? Like, do you not, do you not know, you know, um, what we did? You know, while we was at University of Florida, you know, the, the tradition that we kept going, man, it's, it's just like, like, what, do, what are y'all looking at? You know, um, <clears throat> and it's just, it's crazy, man, that you know, that I, that I picked University of Florida and, and created so many memories and so much camaraderie um and so much brotherhood you know um amongst guys that you know that we that we had in that locker room it was amazing bro it was amazing yeah some of the memories we made in the locker room man we just you know having fun after practice uh bullshitting around just you know just just hanging out you know back before social media was popping for real you know we'd get out of practice and, you know, we'd be in the locker room for, you know, an hour, hour and a half just, you know, shooting the shit, you know. And and, and that's what that's what made us, you know, uh, bond so so close, man. We'll leave that locker room after that and go to each other's houses, you know. And, yeah, and every, every time you saw one of us, you, you know, you saw the other one. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, brotherhood, like, it's, it's a lifelong, it's a lifelong relationship, you know. Like, man, I, I can call him out anytime. I can, go, I can call Joe Hayden anytime, you know. And, and the Pazis, you know, and, and, and it's still the same love. It's still the same energy from 11 years ago, you know. It's it's just amazing. Hey, what, Major, what went into you um, deciding to go to University of Florida? I know Urban Meyer is a good recruiter, but you, you was one of the high, highly coveted kids. What made you decide that, that Florida was the spot you wanted to go to? I, I decided Florida, I took a trip to Ohio State, right, first. And <laughs> I had a good time at Ohio State. I ain't going to even lie. I, I had a ball. I, I, no lie. Hey, that's I, a slick little laugh. I, I, probably, I, probably said, I, I, probably, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I had an amazing time at Ohio State. And then, you know, how you, how you meet with the head coach at the end, you know, to, you know, he, he, he put that pressure on you. Yeah, and we had that one on one. You know, my mom and uh, and everything, man. He was just like, you know, major. You know, what do you think about Ohio State? I'm just like, man, listen, I love it here. I think it's amazing. You know, <laughs> this is definitely like somewhere I can see myself going. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, okay. He like, okay. So like two weeks later, I had my 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 visit to University of Florida, and when I got there, it was like. Wow, so many guys there, man. I'm just like, man, you know what? I had that same meeting with Urban Meyer at his, his office. I said, Urban Meyer, man, I can see myself coming to you. <laughs> <laughs> I can see myself coming to University of Florida, man. You know, but but all jokes aside, though, man. That 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 decision, man. My family. It was only four hours away. It was only a four hour drive. Mom. It wasn't that cold, and you know it ain't that cold in Gainesville. It's freezing in Ohio State. Man, Florida had just whooped Ohio State, but in the national championship game. 
man, we coming off the, uh, the number one recruiting class getting ready to go to the University of Florida. So I'm just like, man, you know what, man? I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. So I picked University of Florida. Hey, hey, y'all, what y'all don't know, man, it, it's crazy. Because um, I, I, I actually enrolled early, so I was already at Florida. Um, I was actually at Urban's house when I think Major committed. Um, and, and actually told him he was coming to Florida, man. And, and it was crazy because the whole energy, the whole vibe just just flipped immediately, you know, and everybody was, you know, uh, was excited when, when Major decided to come here. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Hey, uh, Major, what was your favorite memory at uh, at UF that you had, or what are a couple of your favorite memories? Um, my favorite memory at UF. Oh. All right, just talk about the hit then against Oklahoma. I got so many. I got so many uh, memories, but I'm 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 gonna say this one because. I think this one made me a better football player. It made me it made me a little more hungrier. Um I remember we playing um LSU uh, my 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 freshman year and uh, Jacob Jacob Hester um ended up like the hole ended up opening somehow. And Jacob Hester dropped that shoulder. I came down here, you know, flying down here. I'm like, man, I'm gonna go take him out, man. He ended up boom, trucking me. And from that point on, I'm like, oh my God, like that's how I feel to get truck. Man, this can't happen no more. Like that kind of motivates <laughs> me yeah. to, to to never want that that to happen again. And I was like, man, you know what? From here on out, man, I'm coming down a lot home. I'm, I'm coming down a lot harder, and I'm come down with a lot more physical. So from that point on, I was like, man, you know what? It's on now. Nah. It's on. I ain't taking it easy on nobody. Everybody get it. <laughs> Oh, this man, he's, and, and like, and when he mean anybody, even his own teammates, all right? Yeah. So, as we yeah. were talking about it earlier, and then the first time, the first thing we, we got on here, and, and Cam or Dan asked me, is is how I caught the ball and you still hit me. I told him we were just yeah. talking about that in the national championship game, man, how, how you how you did that. Hey, who in the yeah, line, who, who in the DB room got the most, uh, had the most game, got the most chicks? Oh man, that's, I don't, I don't, that was no boy. That's, that's hard to say. I mean, I, 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 I'm not. I'm gonna take myself out of that equation. Yeah, I, ain't <laughs> I mean, I, I was cool. Now, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Listen, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Like I, I had, I had my fair share, but I just feel like I wasn't competing with, with, with the other guys. You know what I'm saying? Like it was. I had my little, you know, whatever, but. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, in, in college, in college, it's, I don't know, man. Listen, Amari had, Amari had a lot. <laughs> it's college, though. So we talk about we talk about something in the past. So listen, I, I think, I, listen, I'm telling you, man. Like a dog, bad, totally good, cause hey, no, crazy boy. I can't. Have you. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, man. <laughs> oh, so what's going on, man? You still riding the Chevys and whatnot? Nah, man, I'm out of the Chevy game, man. I'm shoot, man. I'm a little older now, so I don't, I don't got out of that game. I have fun with it, man. I'm, so I'm, I'm more so, more luxury, more so uh, business minded, now, more so getting to it, shoot, in the business world. What you doing these days, man? Um, I just started my book bag company called The Right Bags. Um, on Instagram is uh-huh. at the Right Bags. Um, the right spell, like you know, 
the T H E right W I J C B A A G V. Um, okay. I got, um, I just I would have never found up, that. Um, you say what? I said I would have never found that. I would have never spoken. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just um started writing a book, um, not too long ago, and um, I got two foundations. One called the Right Way, where we help the single parent moms. The other one is Good Deed Tuesday. Once a month on a Tuesday, I go out in the community. I do a random act of kindness. Oh. Um, yeah, I got that and um, a book, and I got a a TV show that, I, that, that that's getting ready to come out. Are you Ooh. back down in South Florida? Say that again. Are you back down in South Florida? Yeah, I'm back down here in South Florida in, in Miami. Hey, mate. Just, just, uh-huh. so, just so you know, Amaya over here, she's from ear to ear, ear to ear when we talk, we say you're having a TV show, so, you know, she's going to be trying to. <laughs> trying oh, to yeah, 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 she, you know? she, she don't know yet, she don't know yet, but, yeah, I mean, I got, I got some stuff going on, man, I'm just trying to stay focused, man, stay business-minded, man, and get out there, man, because it's out here. Hey, man, right. who you, who you looked up to uh, growing up, like, DB-wise, who was your favorite safety? Sean Taylor, man. God bless the dead, Sean Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I, I, to be honest, I wanted my game to be just like his. Like when I'm in high school, listen, I used to watch his watch his tape, man, and, and go out there and try to do everything just like him. Like literally. I try to go knock people heads. I try to go get that rock. I try to get in the end zone. Like I wanna do everything he did. Nice, man. Hey Major, how close are you? Have you talked to Dan Mullen, or have you been around the team much since uh, since he's been back? Yeah, yeah. Last year I went to a few games. Okay. Um, chopped it up. This year I'm gonna go to a few games. I want to be around uh, more, so I can help help around, help out, you know, with all the DBs or whatever, or whoever they need me to help with. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm I'm here for them. You pulling up to that Miami game, man? And is the elephant heavy? Yeah, absolutely. Every <laughs> in the <moment. laughs> All right, look. All right, look. So, my my craziest major moment, right? Y'all ready for this one? So, it's my first game starting, right? So, I don't really know what to expect anyway. You know what I'm saying? It's really my first game in college football. I'll go out there. We play in Hawaii. And they got a little little, little stout little running back, man. And, he, you know, he's getting a couple yards. He's doing this thing. You know, we were still a young defense that first game of the season. He came through the hole, man. He talking crazy. You know, one time he got, he got about five yards. So he got up popping out the maze, right? Literally, these are the words that came out of maze's mouth. All right, I'm going to hit you next play. Or something to that effect. Bro, the next play, this man ran the ball, bro. And Maze hit this dude so goddamn hard. <laughs> like... I'm talking about immediately, dude. Eyes look like he like. I mean, he was squinting them so tight, bro. Like I'm talking about, he, like he didn't even want to open them at all. Mays went to their sideline to their coach and say, "Hey, you better come get him." I said, "Oh <laughs> fuck, bro." <laughs> That's how they, <laughs> bro. I was, but that shit was crazy, bro. That's how they hit the wheel, bro. Like it's, it, man. I didn't know what to expect, boy. I, I thought I was out the man. I was out of my lead, then, boy. Boy, it's hitting yeah, my uh, yeah, man. Okay, Amazing. Your boy being humble on here today because you're on here. But the other day, he was talking real, uh, a lot of noise about St. Thomas, bro. Man, we know. Uh, yeah. Lakeland Jr. Uh-huh. 
He called a late yeah, junior, they got, bro. They got, our, they got our number. They got our number. I, <laughs> they got it. I listen. I, it ain't even nothing really to go back and forth with because they got it. They got hey, it. They, I mean, they beat me three years in a row, and I think I think that's what made me so angry. And, and why I hit Chris Rainey in practice, I think. Like, literally, Chris Rainey was doing whatever he wanted to do with us. Like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And what they always did was they always pull one of the pounces, and one of the pounces would be on me every time. Give us a good practice story. Give us some, give us, give us something that um, the regular, regular fan wouldn't know, dog. Man, in practice, man, we used to get out there in practice. Like, I don't think people know like how intense our practice was, but our practice like was was really intense. I mean, you had Percy Harvin lining up with Joe Hayden. You know what I'm saying? So each and every day, <laughs> we was getting after it. Like, we was getting after it. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, I mean, it's a few incidents. Like, you know, people people wouldn't just they'd be like, damn, like. You know, this is just your teammate. Nah, we treated it like, man, we got to go get better. Shit, we, we got to get it. <laughs> yeah, spring, spring and camp used to be crazy because, you know, we out there hitting. We, do, we doing the damn thing. Saturday morning scrimmages was was real deal. Now, just imagine, like, how many real NFL, deal. imagine how many NFL players on offense and defense at one time that we had out there. Crazy. Man, them practices was amazing, man. I wish I could. We had some old footage pop up from some of them things, man. I heard some crazy stories, but it'd be dope to see. You man, know what I'm saying? Gotta, get a peek into that, get, bro. We gotta try to get some of that. You know, they keep all that in house, but yeah, I, I, I want to try to put because I want to. I'm doing a documentary as well on myself as well, so I'm, I'm gonna try to get some in. The, you know, a few a few practices in the, here and there. That's hey, what's man. up, man. I, I was also telling them too, man. You know, I was I was talking sh- shit about it, man. You can't play golf. Tell me how I wouldn't you go. Hey, <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, Amar, think listen, I kind of can hit the ball. But you I'm can't okay, hit the ball, right? bro. I'm okay. I'm better than Amar. You know what I'm saying? Bro, that man, when we whenever got I, whenever when I get got... on any field, whenever I get on any field, I gotta be better than somebody out there. I would not be the sorriest on that. I would never be the sorriest. Never. <laughs> Bro, we got to the hole right after man's got their silk. That man said, yeah, the, the, the celebrity in the last group didn't hit the ball not one time. <laughs> I'm like, who the, I, I look down and I'm like, now who the hell is the celebrity in the group in front of us? The man's group. And then he going to get back talking about, oh, he, oh, I ain't even swing over there. And I'm like, that, so the dude's going to go full face out of us. We got to stand through a lot of us. So he's just lying. But I us. didn't swing though. But I didn't. All right, bro. You gonna let him lie to you and believe anything they tell you? So that man. Oh, I ain't even asking a lot of me either. So that's crazy. Yeah, okay. That's what's. That's what's up, man. I appreciate you coming and hanging out with us, Mason. Man, no problem, man. Appreciate y'all having me, man. Shoot, whatever, you know, my whatever it is, y'all let me know. Shoot, I'm always down for it. You know, hey, we if you had the uh, Miami game, bro, come pull up at the tailgate, dog. We got whatever you need, bro. Food, liquor. Right. I'm going to be there. So. Hey, man. Hey, I'm saying what you trying to tailgate for the Miami game? The, uh, the uh, tailgate hop a little bit? We definitely going to. We definitely can tailgate hop. That's oh, yeah. For yeah. Sure. All right. I'm going to do that. We hanging out, man. That's a bet. All right. Let's do it. All right. 
All right, bro. Hold it down. Go Gators. All right, go Gators. Major right. Man. That was dope, man. Hey, hey Dan, you have to drive a little bit, bro. I'm fading. So let you know. Yeah, no. He, <laughs> he I tell when I elongated ass pauses that we be having. Yeah, bro. <laughs> uh, hey, let's uh, let's talk a, a little bit about uh, about that safety uh, depth chart. Um, you know, Florida sh- shifts around their safeties pretty often. I think so. I don't know, Ahmad. Maybe you can you can shed some light on this. Uh, under the Grantham defense, but uh, I think that they kind of switch around that strong safety and free uh, safety position. But I think right now the two starters going into next year are probably a mixture of, of Brad Stewart and, and John Huggins or Jawan Taylor uh, and then Donovan Steiner. Those are probably your top four that are going to get the most play uh, going into next season. Uh, Amat, talk to us a little. I mean, obviously you're a safety, so talk to us a little bit about. Um, you know, the, the the difference in the two roles and then kind of what you expect out of, out of some of the guys that are on the roster right now? I mean, the, the best thing is, is, is to have the guys uh, be able to play both. Uh, I think, you know, having those guys uh, capable of playing the both strong safety and the free safety um, works a lot in our favor, uh, you know, because that that can, can somewhat confuse the offense. You know, when, when, when the offense can look over at your defense and tell, you know, somewhat where you're blitzing from and or where you're coming from, um, it, it kind of shows your hand a little bit. And who do you, I got you. Who and so, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So you have you have Brad Stewart. Um, you know, probably has one of those spots solidified. I really like uh, Jawan Taylor. I think that he really stepped up towards the end of the year. But then you have John Huggins. Uh, who we realized is had a made-up story about him uh, last week on the internet. Uh, you know, he you know has probably solidified himself to have a lot of playing time. How do you see you know the starting two spots shaking out? Um, that, that's tough, Dan, because I I don't. I mean, I kind of see uh uh you know Brad Stewart in there, and, and, and you know possibly Steiner. Um, the good thing about our safeties is they they all is, they all have a lot of playing time back there. Uh, you know, even with Sean Davis uh, in the mix, so. Um, and Jawan Taylor. So, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see those guys. We can interchange them. Um, you know, Huggins coming in. Um, you know, he, he's going to be great for us back there in the secondary. Uh, Marco coming back. Uh, you know, just the whole secondary in general, man. I'm just I'm just excited for it. If, if we can stay healthy, we can we can do a lot back there. Yeah, if we can stay. My, my opinion on say that we can stay healthy, uh, unsuspended, and on the field, then, then we're going to be fine. Um I think I like the way Jawan Taylor ended the season. I think he was solid. I think he started to pick up on the defense and catch some things, man. So I, I would like to see Jawan start, dog. And um, that other that other spot, bro. Like Brad Stewart, it just hasn't been consistent off the field. We didn't see a whole lot of him last yeah. year, bro. So yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not. I'm not. It's like wishful thinking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. I'm not mad at anybody yeah. that's available, man. I think Donovan Steiner can grow and make some plays this year. We'll see. But yeah. I would take Donovan Steiner after I would take I would say Jawan Taylor, but and Huggins. But we gotta see how things shake out, man. There's yeah, a lot of smoke about okay, Sean suspensions Davis. and whatnot. Sean Davis been out there, you know, what his third year, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he's a okay. junior, and then and then Quincy Lenton is yep. uh, a redshirt yep. junior. So. But Sean Davis can also play in that slot too. So that's that's a plus. For us too, he can come down and play over the slot. 
Yeah, I mean, and then you you add Trey Dean in there, right? And you know, so you and I'm not sure if it's going to be at that star role uh, or not, but you know, now that that puts Florida in a position where they have, you know, C.J. Henderson and Marco Wilson, and then you have Trey Dean, Jawan Taylor, Brad Stewart, John Huggins, Donovan Steiner, who all could potentially be back there. So I wonder if Florida might not just put their best five defensive backs back there, you know, obviously you're going to have this, you know, have a safety and you're going to, you're going to have those guys that you you've trained at that position. But, you know, I wonder if, if Florida might throw, you know, an additional, you know, somebody like a Trey Dean in there, uh, you know, for some additional coverage help. Uh, Cause obviously he showed that he can play that cover uh, position, but I think Trey Dean, you know, in my opinion, and, and you guys have might have different opinion, it is maybe a more natural safety than he is a, a DB or a cornerback. What what do, you, what do you want to see um, those guys improve on from last year? Like Brad Stewart, even Jawan Taylor. What part of the game you want to see them improve from for last year? Uh, you know, me personally, uh, I think we just need to, uh, you know, wrap up a little bit more in our tackles, uh, make better open field tackles. Uh, I think the thing with us playing the ball in the air, uh, a lot of times we're not getting our head turned around. We get we get unnecessary PI calls. Um, you know, it's, it's just a little thing. It's little things that we could tweak, um, you know, like uh, red zone passing. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of teams like to throw the back shoulder fade. You got to know that. You got to know where you at on the field and what and what type of routes that you get on each part of the field. You know what I'm saying? Um, sure. You know, you got to know your route tree, you know, to, to, to the, you know, so you can't until you can't get it wrong. You get what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. the route tree and route combinations. Shit, anything you see what number two do a lot of times, you're going to tell you what number, the outside is going to do. If you got a slot, no. Yeah, I, I mean, you guys made the point earlier, but you know, the you know the quote is what your best ability is availability, and you know Quincy Lenton's been hurt all three years. I think he's been in Florida, or three of the four years he's been here. Uh, you know, Brad Stewart's had some off the field issues. He's had some injury issues. Uh, you know, so if Florida can stay healthy, they've got a bunch of guys that have a lot of experience. You know, I think they have three or four guys at safety that have started you know, 10 plus games uh, in their career uh, between, let me see, uh, you have Jawan Taylor who has 11 starts. You have Donovan Steiner who has 12. Brad Stewart has seven, uh, you know, and then Sean Davis has one. So you have some, you know, some significant playing time back there. Uh, you know, when you get towards the end of the season, you're talking about guys that have 18, 19, 20 starts. So they should be good. And they should Quick be course. solid back there. How many, how many stars did uh, Brad Stewart have last year? Uh, seven. He's had seven career starts. You would think you know, he had like a lot more than that. Yeah, but he also, you know, has missed. Um, you know, he's a yeah. starter. He was in the, he was a starter in five games last season. So, uh, you know, he finished fourth on the team in tackles with with sixty four. Uh, struggled, you know, I think at the beginning of the year a little bit, but you know, he's also injured for part of the year too. So. Um, I'm sorry. That was Juwan Taylor that was uh, that was injured for for the beginning of the year, uh, or that yeah. that really stepped up. Sorry, that, that started five games. My apologies. Fourth on the team with 64, um, you know, tackles. But you know, Stewart, uh, you know, was injured, uh, came back, um, you know, had that pick six against LSU, uh, that goal line interception um, against Tennessee, uh, 41 tackles. Um, you know, he's great, but again, he's also missed you know, some parts of, of every part of the, uh, of his career, uh, every season. So, you know, if you, if you can't play, then, you know, you got to go with the guy that can, you know? Yep. You got to, you got to go with what we got. One drop the rifle, man. You got to pick that shit up and let's ride.
and then you know that that's that's a thing too, right? Is is if those guys do get injured, you know, I'm not or you know or or missing, right? I you know I feel comfortable with you know Huggins. I feel comfortable with Steiner. Uh, you know, Sean Davis had kind of an up and down year uh, last year, and then I know Quincy Linton, you know, has done well in practice, but again, you know, is consistently injured. But if those guys can stay healthy, you know, that's a solid group of six. And then if you throw, you know, Trey Dean in there, and then you know some of these other freshmen that are coming in that might play defensive back, you again, you might go to that situation where now you throw the best five defensive backs on the field, um, you know, rather than you know maybe two safeties and. Um, you know, two cornerbacks or, you know, three cornerbacks, right? So, uh, my is, is Trey Dean getting some reps back at safety as well? Um, that's what, what they were saying, you know, in the springtime. Uh, I'm not sure what they're gonna do. Um, it's up in the air, so I guess we probably have to find out during camp, huh? Yeah, it's gonna be safety is a position I'm, I'm interested in following, man. I want to see who's getting the most reps at the ones and who they're gonna swing out there, uh, week one. Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously they're going to use that position. You know, you know Donovan Steiner was it Steiner that had that big uh, tackle against uh, Mississippi State uh, to end the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know they're they're going to ask a lot out of those guys too. You know, so a guy like Steiner can definitely hit. Um, you know, you have John Huggins who's definitely a hitter too. Uh, you know, so they've got you know similar in a way, I guess, to, to receiver is they've got you know a lot of different guys. They got some rangy guys and they got some hard hitting guys. Um, you know, so it's, it's a solid court, you know, I don't know how good or great any of them are, but I think that they're all, you know, good enough that when you augment, you know, Henderson and Marco, you know, you've got, you've got a pretty solid backfield. Yeah. And I, I mean, that pretty much wraps up the safety talk. Um, next week we'll get into cornerback. We split up the defense, defensive backs need the extra content. And some extra yep. guests, so we'll, we'll, we'll cover corners next week. But we also had a commit. We didn't cover this. Uh, we had a commit. It happened um, after Stadium Miguel, four-star cornerback mm-hmm. Jahari Rogers out of Arlington, Texas. Top 10 cornerback on 247. Uh, good get. Athletic kid. Plays a little wildcat out there in Texas right now. But in every camp, man, for a kid that doesn't play defensive back a whole lot, he looks really good on film. Yeah, I liked his. I liked his film. We we talked a little bit about it last week, but uh, did I we? His, uh, we yeah, we did a little bit. It's all right. Uh, but uh, hey, we're we're gonna keep celebrating. But uh, no, I think <laughs> I think that he's got good film. You know, as a guy, you know, for most high school, you know, athletes, if you're the best athlete on your team, you're gonna probably pick you know quarterback, and that's where he you know is getting a lot of his play right now on his team uh, there in Arlington. But uh, I like him a lot. He's got. Great closing ability. Uh, I think I talked a little bit about it last week. I think he's still working on his technique uh, at the uh, at the line and, and you know jamming uh, wide receivers at the at the front. But um, you know he's got great closing speed. Uh, he's got great hands. Uh, broke up a lot of passes in the film that I saw. So uh, you know definitely a guy that I think Torian Gray you know is, is obviously super high on, uh, but a, definitely a guy that I think they can work with. Absolutely, man. And, got some. And then, uh... And then it, it looks like Florida also got uh, potentially another guy for this uh, 2019 class. Um, I, th- I know that Florida's still working out maybe some of the details. Uh, but Quimion Mitchell uh, from Williston, uh, supposed to be you know, a solid guy. I think he was uh, committed to Toledo, and, and that wasn't 
because his talent is necessarily at that level. Uh, there was definitely some some question marks uh, with him for academics, but it looks like he's qualified. It looks like UF might bring him in. Uh, 10.840. Uh, somebody put that he had a 43840. Um, I am 1,000% positive that he doesn't run a 438, but he probably <laughs> runs in that 4445 range, which is still really fast. Had some great issues, uh, but it looks like he might be coming to Florida. Uh, and I'm not sure. I, I, I would, would imagine from what I'm hearing, he's going to walk on. Uh, you know, and Florida does have some extra scholarships available uh, to give out. Uh, you know, yearly, so he might be a kid that gets one of those, but uh, it looks like he's going to be coming on his board as a late uh, 2019 kid, uh, and it looks like he's going to come on in the next couple of weeks uh, to UF. Dope. So, but other, any words of wisdom? I don't, I don't have any. Just, uh, oh. just love your parents, I guess. I put it up the other day, you know, kids, hey, you know, try your best. Every day you wake up, just try your hardest, you know. Um, you, you try to be the best that you can be, you know, and if not, you end up at Florida State, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Amon, you, you spoke, I saw on Twitter today, you spoke to some kids today. What did you talk to them about? Because it looked like a pretty awesome message. You were talking to us before we started. Yeah, so, I, you know, I just basically spoke about, uh, you know, respecting others and, and, and setting goals. <clears throat> I know a lot of times. You know, as society, we want these cases, uh, you know, uh, you know, think that you know, the only way to be, you know, successful is to be a professional in a sport. And sometimes these kids get it twisted thinking that if they don't uh, make it professionally, professionally, that they haven't succeeded, um, which is not the case. Um, so, I, you know, I kind of gave them a scenario saying, you know, um, you can control, you know, uh, how much you study. You can control how much you, you go to school. You can control how much you, how, uh, uh, what you do on the test. Right. So so let that be your plan. A. Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes you can't control if you make the team or not. You could be the best person on the on a, on a tryout. But if the coach don't feel like you're fit for the team, you won't make the team. You're basically, putting your hands in your your your, uh, your future in someone else's hands. So, you know, I, I told them to make that be their plan B, you know, which is fine. You know, who said you can't can't be a, a scholar athlete? You know, mm -hmm. you, 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 the sky's the limit. But why not do both and, and let, you know, uh -huh. because that's that's a that's a lower chance. It's a lower possibility. Why not let that be your plan B? Drop Tim's on them, baby. One of the things I love about this podcast and I think everybody else does, too, is we're, we're changing lives here. You know, we're talking about academics with kids, talking about plan B, um, you know. This way, we'll talk about this plan B. You know, maybe there's another episode we'll talk about this plan B. But uh, where are we going? But you know, you know that, that's what I love about you boys. It's uh, you guys are thinking bigger picture rather than just uh, you know, just in what's right ahead of us, and, and that's what I think that's cool. Um, but I think we had a pretty dope show, boys. What you guys yeah, think? man, this is a good one. This is a good one. Hey, it's a good way to uh, let you ride out on your birthday. Uh, Silk, so, uh, you want to take us out with a. Uh, do you want any recommendations for song choice for your birthday? Yeah, I got you, bro. You know, okay. I need your help in that department there, fella. <laughs> All right, fella. Well, why don't you take us out? Hey, so happy birthday. Everybody that's listening to this pod, now make sure you rate us five stars. Let us know when you rated five stars. I promise you we're going to do a drawing uh, for whoever rated us five stars and get you some free gear in the next couple of uh, next couple of weeks. But uh, everybody, Wilsh, uh, Uncle Silka, happy birthday. Ahmad. Thanks for hanging out, brother. We'll see you on Friday, boys. All righty. All righty. All right. Same corner, baby. Same corner every week. Stay to Miguel. Cam.
Take your boy out with some Zach Averted. Beautiful bliss. Woo! Yeah, go. Okay. Crucial, baby. <laughs>